0: Father, let there be light, let there be the light of your world. I don't know that heart that you want to draw back to yourself this morning. Or that I know there is someone you are set to release from the captivity of the devil. I know for a truth that there is a life you want to encourage this morning. Oh, things might have looked so rough might have been at a point of decision. But I know this morning, Lord, you are going to encourage such a heart in the name of Jesus. But I know, Lord, that our journey and the course of this life unto eternity will bring us to the place of glory in the name of Jesus. Thank you as you minister your word to us this morning. Grant us understanding Give our hearts the ability to do. And let your name alone be praised. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Welcome once again to church this morning. And we want to thank God for what God has been doing in our lives. In the course of this year, God has taken time to mentor our lives to make us live a glorious and a victorious Christian life. He has moved us through several dimensions of the scriptures that have been drawn from the book of Matthew, and He has prepared us so that He will commission us to living out the life that is expected of the children of the Lord. Praise the Lord. And this morning, we are looking at the preeminence of Christ's message. Praise the Lord. The preeminence of Christ's message. Our objective this morning will be to once again establish that Christ is the center of your all. To once again establish the superiority of Christ above all teachers, above all lives. Our second objective this morning will be to see the need why we need to live this Christian life the way God wants us to do it. And finally, God enabling us will look at how can we keep up these teachings and live out this glorious life. Praise the Lord. We are still talking about lifestyle. God's interest with us has not ended as far as Lifestyle is concerned. And the lifestyle we are talking about. Is the Christian lifestyle. The kingdom lifestyle. And. From our topic. We are dealing with preeminence. I don't know if you sat down to consider that word preeminence. And to. Ask yourself the meaning. I know that often times we use it a lot. In conversation. But. As I began to look closely at that word preeminence, I realized that it is something that is more important. Something that is better than others. And something that can be held in high esteem. Praise the Lord. It is the same word that can be used as superiority, supremacy, greatness. Excellent. peerlessness. That means something that has no comparison. Praise the Lord. So this morning, we are looking at the peerlessness of Christ's teaching. The superiority of Christ's teaching and His message. And why that teaching is the best of it all. Every teaching seeks to establish a mindset. When Jesus began to take the people through the journey of three days in the wilderness teaching about the kingdom, he had something in mind that was a yearning in his heart, and that was to establish a mindset of living that was different from the world. A mindset that does not allow the world to choke us of the very life that have come to gain in him. Praise the name of the Lord. Jesus tells us in John chapter 15, verse 19, John 17, 15 to 19. He tells us that we are not of the world. We don't belong to the world. And so if we are not of the world, we do not operate the principles of the world. The world has a principle, it has a pattern, it has a lifestyle. No wonder the book of Romans 12, 1-2 tells us not to copy the standard and the patterns of this world. The lifestyle of this world. Praise the name of the Lord. But let's quickly look at Jesus again. You know the conclusion of the drama sent us back again to Christ. And the message... That will preach. Where we read. In Matthew chapter 7. Something very important happened. Jesus had taken time. To discuss. To teach. And to mentor these ones. On the things of the kingdom. And in verse 28. He says. And it came to pass. When Jesus had ended his sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Two issues begin to come up from that passage. First of all, that he was teaching with authority. He wasn't just teaching something he didn't know. You know, when you say that someone speaks with authority or someone is an authority in something, it means that this person is an expert in that area. Praise the Lord. It means that Jesus had an understanding of the Father. He had an understanding of the kingdom. And he has an understanding of what it will take to take you to the kingdom. Praise the Lord. And so when they saw the way Jesus was teaching and the message that Jesus was preaching, they knew that this is not just a message. This is a true message. Praise the Lord. No wonder I saw one day on social media. I stumbled into this picture and it kept me wondering. And these are men who over their lifetime... Raised generations, religions, teachings. But what astonished me was, he says, before they died, Muhammad said, I don't know the purpose of life. This is a man who had lived and have moved movements with followership. Yet he said, I don't know the purpose of life. Buddha said, To his followers. Seek the truth. And I asked myself. What was he telling them? What was he teaching them? And the Confucius said. I am not the way. I don't know the way to the father. I don't know the way to the kingdom. What I said. I don't know the truth. If you follow me. You may not end where you want. But Jesus came earlier before all these people and he said in John 14 verse 16, he said, I am the way, I am the life, I am the truth. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way to the Father, there is no other way to the kingdom except through Jesus. Jesus is at the center of it all. It doesn't matter what anybody will preach. It doesn't matter what anybody will say. If it does not center on Jesus, that is not the message of truth. Praise the Lord. But more importantly in that passage of Matthew chapter 7, is the second thing they say. They said, For he taught not as the scribes. For he taught not as the scribes. Not only was he teaching with authority, he was not teaching like the scribes, and I want us to look at the message version of that scripture. He says, "When Jesus concluded his address, the crowd burst into applause. They had never heard teaching like this. It was apparent that he was living everything he was saying. It was obvious that everything he was saying he was living it out. No wonder when Luke was writing in Acts chapter 1, he said, I write like to you, Theophilus, things that Jesus began to do and to teach. He had a living life before a teaching life. Can I tell you, the world is not interested in the much of a talk of your Christianity. They are interested in the way they pursue your Christian life. It was obvious that as Jesus took time three days to teach this man, they were busy comparing what he was teaching and his life. As he thought about one thing or the other, they were busy searching through all the 30 years they had known him. For those of them that met him after he had started ministry, they were busy looking at this thing that this man is saying. Does it correspond with his life? He has said we should not do it this way. We should do it this way. Does it correspond with his life? The Christianity that you profess, does it correspond with your life? They are not interested in how much you push to them. They are not interested in how much you shout at them to know God. They are interested in how much you live out the Christian life for them to see. They are interested in knowing how much you show Jesus. You know these days, everybody is born again. Praise the Lord. You ask someone, are you born again? Yes, I'm born again. I'm tongue-talking. I'm feeding the Holy Ghost. Yet, when you compare the life with the message of the kingdom, they are no near each other. My prayer is that as you journey In this faith life. That our lives will correspond with our message. Amen. As you journey in your Christian people. As you journey in your office. As you journey in your home. That the message that you preach will correspond with your life. That was their greatest amazement. They compared this life and the life of the scribes. And you know, if you read the footnotes on the Living Bible, it says, For the scribes only quoted others, yet their lives didn't reflect what they were saying. Jesus was an epitome of his message. May we also become epitomes of our messages in the name of Jesus. God has placed us as lights of the kingdom. People may not have opportunity to gather and sit and hear the word. No wonder Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. It is very important that we know that I have become written epistles in the hearts of men. Praise the Lord. Having established that Jesus is the message, Jesus is still the head of all. Jesus is still the only one that has a true message. The question becomes, Why must I live the kingdom life? We've been talking about the kingdom life for almost a year. Why must I live the kingdom life? The first thing I want to submit to you why you must live the kingdom life is that the kingdom life entitles you to a friendship with God. Praise God. It gives you friendship with God. No wonder in John chapter 15 verse 14, Jesus said, You are my friend if you keep my word. And friendship with God gives you access to the secrets of God. God was speaking concerning Abraham and he said, How can I do this thing without revealing it to my friend Abraham? It couldn't have been possible for God to reveal things to Abraham, if Abraham's life was not pleasing to God, it's not possible. You know, we live in a time where everybody is interested in knowing what God is saying. Where everybody is interested in hearing from the prophets. But the first point, the first way of getting access into the voice of God, getting understanding into the secret of God, is to begin to live the kingdom life. In Psalm chapter 25, verse 14, it says, The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him. And in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13, it begins to define for us what it means to fear the Lord. It says, For the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogance, the evil way, and the forward mouth. Men who live the worldly life, don't have access to the secret of God. Men who live the worldly life can never have access to the secret of God. Praise the Lord. What does the kingdom life guarantee us again? It guarantees us protection against the oppression and the oppositions of your heaven prepared destiny. A lot of us have destinies and destinations that God has prepared for us. And the, and the devil is just bringing out all these worldly lives to spare and to remove us away from what God has prepared. Never live your life carelessly today because they may become obstacles to your destination tomorrow. And in focusing this point, I want us to look at the book of Genesis chapter 49. It's a story of a young man called Reuben. The kind of life we live today as a young man, as a young woman, as a father Could hinder you from where God is taking you to It could be What will oppose what God wants to do with your life Genesis chapter 49 verse 1 said And Jacob called unto his sons and said Gather yourselves together That I may tell you that which will befall you in the last days Gather yourselves together and hear ye sons of Jacob and hearken unto Israel your father. And he began with the first son, Reuben. And he said, Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might and the beginning of my strength. Thou art the preeminence of dignity, the excellency of dignity, the excellency of power, unstable as water, thou shall not excel. The excellency of my dignity. The excellency of my power. You made me a man. I became a proud father because of you. But Reuben, you shall be unstable as water. Why was Reuben made unstable as water? Look at verse 4. He says, Because thou went up to thy father's bed. Then defiled thou it. He went up to my couch. What robbed Ruben of his eternal destination? His lifestyle. As Ruben was living in that secret life that was not of the kingdom. He didn't know that one day it was going to show up. He pretended so much about it. He covered it. His father didn't see it. His mother didn't see it. Yet, on the day that it mattered most, God began to bring it up. I perceived that what God wanted to do with generation of Abraham was supposed to be transferred to the lineage of Reuben. You know, God said, I am the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and he stopped at God of Jacob. I thought that God was, maybe in his original plan, he was to extend it to the God of Reuben. Maybe God's intention was not just to say, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Maybe his intention was to say, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Reuben, and then even Reuben's first son. But that was cut short at the frequency of lifestyle. You are as unstable as water. And you know the book of James says, Any man that is unstable as water cannot get anything from the Lord. Don't let the temporary things of this world rob you of your eternal destination with God. It may not be the life of adultery, like ruben, fornication, But there is something that the enemy is projecting. That is making you compromise and not get to the place that God wants you to be. There is something bigger that that God is preparing for us. And we must live this kingdom life to get to that destination. Hallelujah. What does the kingdom life guarantee you? It guarantees us divine presence and preservation. The kingdom life guarantees you divine presence and divine preservation. You know, there was a man called Job in Job chapter 1 that the devil came to destroy and he couldn't make a way. And I began to look at why was the devil unable to get access into Job's life. And the answer came in Job chapter 23 verse 12. In Job 23, Job said, Your word, your teachings have I esteemed far above my daily news. He had made the kingdom lifestyle a routine. He had begun to live the life of the kingdom. And so when the devil makes efforts to gain access into his life, there's no way he can. There's no way he can. He tries it this way. And he confessed to God and said, Have you not formed an edge round about him? The edge of God is with the righteous. No wonder scripture says, If you break the edge, the serpent will bite. The devil can only get access to destroy your life, to work havoc in your life, if you are not living the kingdom life. No man lives the kingdom life And is destroyed by the devil. Because he that is in us. Is far much greater. Than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. What does the kingdom life guarantee us? It guarantees us of. Relevance. In time and eternity. I don't know if you are thinking that. If I begin to live the kingdom life. I will become a mediocre. If I begin to live the kingdom life. I will not make it like every other person. I will be a church rat. But I took a close look at the life of a man called Daniel. And I realized that Daniel was a man of the kingdom. Who represented the kingdom where? Even from the very time he went into Babylon. And God did not disappoint him. Daniel reigned with five kings in the land of Babylon. He started with Nebuchadnezzar. And even when the, the, the Midian and the Persians took over. We went from Nebuchadnezzar and his family. Daniel was still relevant. Praise the Lord. He wasn't relegated because of his Christian life. He wasn't sent to the background because he maintained his life with God. Rather, he became a point of reference. No wonder the mother to the king said, There is a man in our kingdom in whom lies the Spirit of God. Look for him. Opposing government came. If it were to be in our present generation, you say that he started with PDP. And then, when APC came over, you would think that they would discard him. They didn't discard him. You can't discard a man with value. You can't discard a man that has the hand of God on his life and is living out the life of God. They said, look for him. Every of our problem and solution is with him. Praise the Lord. So it guarantees you of relevance. Never allow the devil to rob you of that and make you think that when you begin to live the kingdom life, that you will amount to nothing. You may not have it in material possession as early as you want, but wait for it. It's coming. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah! What else does the kingdom life guarantee us? It guarantees us boldness and audacity to confront the devil. One of the things that the devil do is to put fear in us, to intimidate us and to oppress us. But if you see a man that has the life of Jesus, he cannot be intimidated by the devil. Praise the Lord. Can we look at Proverbs chapter 28 verse 1? Proverbs chapter 28 verse 1. He said, the wicked run away when no one is chasing him. But the godly man is as bold as a lion. You know, when the Bible says your enemy, the devil, goes around looking, roaring like a lion. <laughs> when he meets you, he realizes that you are a lion of another tribe. Praise the Lord. When he meets you, you realize that this one passed me. But it can only happen if you have the Kingdom life in you," it says the righteous, the godly. He who has made Christ as his refuge is as bold as a lion. He can confront anything. He can dare the devil. He can rescue the devil, the soul from the hands of the devil, just like David will rescue his sheep from the mouth of the bear. You know the problem we have these days is why people run around. Looking for who to pray for them Who to do this one for them The prophet that will see vision for them The one that will do this one for them Is because they have not understood Their place in Christ That does not mean that we don't have And we don't appreciate the ministry of the prophets Praise the Lord But if you have The life of Christ in you You are already a prophet Praise the Lord Praise the Lord What shall we do to enable us to live out this glorious life? The first thing I want to bring to us this morning is that you need to make up your mind to live the kingdom life. You know, this morning God was still bringing up the issue of compromising. You need to make up your mind. And when we talk about making up our minds, we are talking about taking a decision on whose side you want to stand. There is no neutrality with God. God does not weigh a scale and he says, okay, I want to choose the middle. He was talking to the Laodicean church in Revelation chapter 3 from verse 15. He says, I wished you were cold or hot. He said, I wished. Is, Is it that you choose to live the Christian life? the kingdom life, or you choose the worldly life and enjoy it to the fullest. Or live the Christian life and enjoy it to the fullest. He said, I wished you were cold. I wished you were hot. Well, he said, but the problem I have with you is that you are neither cold nor hot. Therefore, what will I do with you? I'll spit you. God is interested in people who are making up their minds for Him. Who are willing to stand for Him. Who are willing to take a stand. We have a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of generation that has the body of Esau by the voice of Jacob. The church has become a mixed multitude. We have become undifferentiated cells You know in medicine There is what we call undifferentiated cell When the bone marrow produces A cell For instance the cells that will be responsible for The blood cells The first set of cells It produces is called Undifferentiated cell Each of these cells At one particular point in time Is supposed to take a decision Whether they want to become red blood cell White blood cell Or platelets But the problem is that we have A lot of people who have come to that point of decision Yet they choose to become uncommitted selves But you need to commit yourself to a pathway Either to the pathway of the kingdom Of the Lord Or to the pathway of the world There is no neutrality with God Praise the Lord Can we look at the life of men Who took a stand for God And each time I look at their lives I I keep asking God for help Can I tell you that When you make up your mind for God God will make you up For a generation When you make up your mind To live for God God will make you up For a generation to save Let's go on our Bible to Daniel chapter 4 Verse 16 It's about the Hebrew boys We know the story very well But each time I read that verse 16 again of Daniel chapter 4. Sorry, Daniel chapter 3. Praise the Lord. Verse 16 says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. This was the king they were talking to. Remember, this is Nebuchadnezzar. It's not um, Jonathan. This was Nebuchadnezzar. If he says, you and your family is finished, you are finished. But this man said, we are not careful for any reason to answer you concerning this matter. It was a matter of stand. It was a matter of stand. You know, you have, they came to a point where they needed to decide where they are standing. They need to decide on whose path they are for. And they said, we can't answer you. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fairy furnace. And he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. Well, Verse 18 trembles me. He says, but if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve thy God. Now worship the golden image which thou hast set up. We are not willing to compromise our lives for any reason. Do we need to die? Yes, we are willing. Do I need to lose my job because of my Christian standard? Yes, I am willing. Do I not willing to remain in a point on my promotion because of my Christian standard? Yes, I am willing. It is non-negotiable. As far as this matter of the kingdom is concerned. That was the point they came to in their lives. And God is saying, who is coming to this point in his life? Where your mind is totally made up for him. I'm sure that as they stood up and they were talking, people by the side could have said, these guys are not smart people. They could have just bowed down to this image in everybody's presence and go back home and continue serving their God now. Is there any problem with it? Just play a little bit of smartness. Some other people could have said, (laughs) well, these guys are just being fanatics. They are all of self. Are they the only ones that are Christians? What are they even trying to prove? Other people could have said, they are just fools being deceived. Praise the Lord. But they took a stand for God. They took a stand not to compromise their kingdom life for any reason. Not death. Not the fear of death. Not the fear of the loss of position. Not the fear of anything could persuade their hearts to compromise their conviction. God is asking you this morning, have you arrived at this point? Praise the Lord. Another group of persons that are also interesting to look at is the Rechabites. We see them in Jeremiah chapter 35, 17 to 17. These were men that at a point in time the prophet Jeremiah brought them up to a chamber, to an inner court. And Jeremiah said to them, drink wine. And they looked at him and they said, Prophet Jeremiah, we respect you because you are a prophet. We believe the call of God on your head. We believe the anointing that you carry. But you see, as far as this matter is concerned, we are not willing to do what you are saying. You are of God. You are a man of God. We respect you. We respect your anointing. But this one you are teaching now. It's not in the original thing that the master thought. So we can't do it. It's coming from you. It's coming from the senior pastor. It's coming from the altar. But we cannot do it because we don't find it. They said, our forefather told us. They told us. And we cannot change our convictions now. You know, I I was listening to a Christian program, a, a Christian television broadcast. Of one of the churches In the city And um, This was the senior pastor A young man Possibly in his late 30's And early 40's That had a church Full to the brim Of young people and newly married But what was the center Of his message God does not hate divorce Hallelujah (laughs) Hallelujah and he began to flip to scriptures and to use words, to compare words and to confuse words. And he arrived at saying that what God hates is putting away and not divorce. God never said, I hate divorce. Those were his words. God says, I hate putting away of your spouse. What pained my heart was that his church is basically young people and newly married. And that was the kind of seed he was sowing into their life. The church was full to the brim. I could give you the name of the church, but it's not necessary. But that's the kind of things that are being pushed away these days. And men are absorbing. Have you come to the point of decision where you are saying it is only the standard of God? What else will you do to live this victorious Christian life? You need to guard your hearts Praise the Lord. We need to guide our hearts. Guide your hearts against thoughts of impossibilities. You know, many times when we talk about the kingdom life, one of the things that the devil would tell is that this lifestyle is not possible. It's not possible to live this in this generation. It's not possible to do this thing that these people are saying. It's not possible to do that. It's not possible. He begins to raise knowledge that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Thoughts. Imaginations. So you need to guard your hearts. No wonder Proverbs 4:3 says, Guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it comes the issues of life. You need to guard your heart against doubt and unbelief. You need to guide your heart against fear. I don't know if you have been living the kingdom life and it seems everything is not just going on well. All of your mates are married. All of your mates have gotten jobs. All of your mates have excelled. And it looks like the more you decide to lead this kingdom life, the more you make up your mind, the more it seems you are losing out. I want to bring good news for you. Can we look at the words that are in SS and S 401? SS and S 401 stands at five and stands at seven. He says, "If I still hold on closely to Him, what has He at last?" He says, "Sorrow vanquished, labor ended, Jordan passed." What is Jordan? Jordan is that thing that separates you from where God wants you to be. Can I assure you that a time will come when you cross over Jordan and come into the promised land? But are you willing to hold fast? Stanza 7 says, Finding, following, keeping, struggling. Is he sure to bless? And he says, we have clouds of witnesses who are saying, Saints, apostles, prophets, martyrs. Their answer is what? Yes. God is not a user. He is a rewarder. He says, for I am the rewarder of them that diligently do what? Seek me. God doesn't use a man and dump you. He doesn't commission you on a journey and he abandons you. He eventually will bring you to the end. He says, for I know the thoughts I have for you, says the Lord. There are thoughts of good and not of what? evil, to give you what a hope and what? And the expected end. And every one of us will come to the expected end of our lives in the name of Jesus. What is the next thing you need to do after you've made up your mind? And you're guiding your heart. You need to look at and choose the right association. Praise the Lord. You know, many times when we talk about association, especially with regards to the kingdom life and to every dimension of our life, we usually think it's a problem of the young people. Praise God. But I realize that the word peer pressure is not teenager pressure. Praise the Lord. It is not adolescent pressure. It is what? Peer. And the truth is that at every point in your life you have what? Peer. At every junction of your life you have a peer. Is it that you have a peer that you started work with? Or you have a pair that you graduated with. Or you have a pair at one level of your life. And if you are not careful about the way you relate with them, there is bound to be a pressure that will squeeze out the love of God from your heart. Praise the Lord. So we need to look at the issue of our association. Can I tell you that Scripture says in Second Corinthians 15 verse 33, it says, don't be deceived. Evil communication corrupts what? Good manners. Worldly association. Association with worldly people of the worldly lifestyle corrupts the kingdom life. Do we say you should not relate with people? No. But scripture says do not be equally what you praise the Lord. Can I tell you that whatever you accompany with accompanies you, whether directly or what, indirectly. Anything that you accompany with accompanies you. Anything that you flow fill with, flows with you. We see some of our brethren in the book of Acts chapter 11, a man called Barnabas. Barnabas had the call of God over his life, and the church had prayed and sent him to Antioch. But what did Barnabas do? Barnabas began to look for the right association. Bible said he went and called Paul. And he went with Paul to Antioch. And after they had prevailed over that land, Bible said for in Antioch, people were first called what? Christians. For as they mentored them, as they looked at their lives, they knew that they had become children of God. Look at your association again, child of God. Are you struggling to live the kingdom life? Maybe you may need to look at a few friends you have. Maybe you may need to look at the company of people that you move around with. And maybe you may need to make a change. Why do you need to company with the right people? They will encourage you in living the kingdom life. They will help you on your feet even when you stumble. Bible says, For the righteous falls seven times, and does what, rises seven times. But if you are in the company of the wrong multitude, you will fall and they will encourage you to remain. Praise the Lord. So seek for the right association. As we conclude, what will be God's counsel for us? You know, God is abundant in mercy. God is a God of love. But that Hebrews chapter 2 frightens me also. Let's look at it as we summarize. Hebrews chapter 2. Verses 1 to 4. He says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape? If we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God is loving, he is a God of mercy, he's a God of love, but is also a consuming fire. He'll be waiting for you to return, but if you refuse to return, he may have. No other opportunity Shall we bow down and heads to pray I don't know the junction at which you are Are you at the junction That you need to take a stand And decide Are you at the junction where A lot of things The devil is throwing darts at your heart And itching you to compromise Itching you to look away From the kingdom life Itching you to realize that This way cannot lead me to where I want. Are you at a junction where your association, the people around you, have not enabled you to live the kingdom life? Can you talk to God this morning? Can you talk to God this morning? I say, Lord, help me this morning. Help me this morning. I don't know if your own is that you need to begin a journey with God. You need to take a decision, a stand. You need to surrender to Jesus. Are you making a decision? Talk to God as you place your hearts on your heads. I say, Lord Jesus, thank you for my life. I am a sinner. But your love made you die for me. Indeed, I desire to live this life. But I cannot because I have not made you Lord and Savior over my life. But this morning, I want to make you Lord. I want to make you Savior. Come into my heart and dwell. In Jesus' name we pray.